When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mets fans, welcome back to Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World Series. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, we are recording this mere minutes after the Mets defeated the Chicago Cubs by a score of 10-1, to snapping a two-game losing streak, putting the Mets back over 500. And uh, I think probably most importantly, seeing a really excellent starting pitching performance from Carlos Carrasco. We're going to get to that in one in just a second. But, you know, again, it's the start of our show. We do a weekly vibe check. How are you feeling about the Mets who are six and two? Sorry, four and two since we last recorded. Pretty good. Uh, I think you really can't ask for more than that. It, it would have been nice to not lose the series to the Cubs because it just felt like, especially since they lost the first two games of it. It felt like a return to what they had been doing. Um, and, and I will stand by something that I had said during the game last night, which was that when this team isn't on, they're really boring to watch. And yep. it, I, I just don't know. It, it, it's weird. It's just weird. Um, the, objectively, they have a bunch of guys with good track records as hitters. Uh, but when you get that sort of team-wide uh, malaise and, and you know, lack of production, it, it's just a little bit odd uh, to have that happen. But then, they, you know, they, they go out and they have some games like they had um, against the Rays and Guardians that mm-hmm. are super exciting. And, uh, it, you know, the one against the Guardians happened after we wrapped up uh, our last episode. Uh, you know, that kind of a game is is incredible um, with the late game drama and heroics and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, overall, baseball, you always have to zoom out a little bit and, and look at that bigger picture. 
Um, I think a week or two ago, people would not have had, I guess a week ago, maybe there would have been a little more optimism for getting over 500. Mm-hmm. Um, but 10 days ago, people didn't think that was something the Mets were going to do anytime soon. Right. So they're not, uh, you know, right now, um, we've kind of touched on what kind of winning pace they're on at, at this, you know, introductory segment of the show. And the number right now is not a good one. It's 83, <laughs> but it's better than what it would have been. Uh, you know, if the, if the opposite had happened, I, I think the Mets had, uh, and still should have higher expectations than the guardians, but it was sort of a nice, um, contrast to have them sweep that series because you know Cleveland is a team that while they're not nearly as stacked as the Mets in terms of payroll and uh, you know household names and everything that that's a team that if they had swept that series they would be in a pretty good spot um if the Mets could just figure out the last place teams that would be nice <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but yeah hey steps in the right direction uh and and you know i don't think that they're gonna be i don't know winning 10 games in a row but they put together a five game winning streak they stopped the losing streak at two uh, and now they go to colorado with an opportunity granted against a team that i think is probably better than your average last place team. I mean, the A's shouldn't even count, but the Rockies have right the the best last place winning percentage outside of the AL East uh, because that division remains completely over five hundred. Right. So yeah, all of which is to say, I you know I still think the Mets are going to be fine. Um, uh, sorry, the Reds have a lower winning percentage, I believe. Oh, you said highest. I'm sorry. Oh, I heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. heard that totally wrong. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That's just, a mistake I, in real time. Got it. Okay. You mentioning the A's. Yes. Understandably throws that. I just, you know, you scroll and I mean, the A's have won 10 games. Man. I know some people have like an attachment to the, uh, we're getting very derailed here already, but <laughs> an attachment to the 62 Mets and the, the losing record. I would not mind if another team you know, took that from them. The only reason that the record matters at all to, to, to Mets fans, I I think, uh, is that it shows how far they came and specifically how far they came from, um, you know, the beginning of their history to winning a world series a few years later. Right. So it becomes a, an interesting point of top conversation because of that. But I would never want to be the A's who have been around for a very long time to have that now, right? Like it's different. That's your first season as an expansion team versus to come, you know, just so many years later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Howie Rose has has made that point. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they get dubbed the Miracle Mets without having such an abysmal first season. So, right. It, you know, sure. Uh, but I think we can keep that in its proper context as as Mets fans and uh, appreciators of Mets history. 
and also be happy to hand off that uh, baton to another team that will probably hold it for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So it, that, that said, you know, staying on topic, the Rockies are no pushovers uh, by any means. And, and I think we saw that a little bit when they played the Mets uh, already right. in Queens, but uh, it is it, nice to score 10 runs in in the series finale and then head to a park where hitting is always a little bit easier. Yes. And you have Verlander and Scherzer going up for the first two games. And like, you know, for instance, the uh, Connor Seabold is starting Friday's game. He is currently pitching to a, uh, a almost a six ERA. Uh, the second game of the series is Chase Anderson pitching. And, uh, you know, he he just got picked up recently by the Rockies, so it's a little bit hard to to judge him thus far as a Rocky. Um, and then the fra- the Sunday game rather is Austin Gomber, who you know is whose ERA is floating about six and a half. So it's not like the Mets are pitching are are going up against frontline starting pitching, but the Mets have a habit of just really being very bad against bad pitching like you know you would expect the Mets to 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 struggle against you know the best pitchers out there but my like enduring memory of watching the Mets in my adulthood is here's a rookie the Mets have never seen before they get they get shot out by him right it's just the Mets just do not step up against I don't know I I, I don't know how to predict how they're going to do against any pitchers anymore, really, because they just confound me left and right sometimes. But I think what you're saying is correct. You know, they this is a team they have a chance to beat up on, even though they're not pushovers. Maybe some of the other teams the Mets have played as of late are. Um, but if, if the Mets can take two of three in Colorado, then all of a sudden you're looking at a, um, you know, a, 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 a 500 road trip. And yes, you'd like more than that, but you'll. I think anytime you can come out of a road trip with an even or winning record, you got to look at that as, as somewhat of a success. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And regardless of opponent, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, beating a dead horse here a little bit, but uh, just don't take those wins for granted. That's it. And we keep seeing it over and over and over. Um. Which is kind of ironic because at this point, uh, although they are back under 500 now, the Marlins had uh, had been the team that people sort of, oh, they only beat the Marlins, you know, the reverse of an excuse, I guess. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they've held their own. Uh, the Marlins are still ahead of the Phillies in the standings, and the Mets fared well against them. They just didn't against so many bad teams since that those two series happened, but um, yeah. 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 Let's hope for another weekend sweep. If the Mets want to lose two games a week, but make them the like Tuesday, Wednesday night games and then win the other four (laughs) and just have the weekends be awesome. uh, Hey, I'll I'll take that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, So it's not Carlos Carrasco, you know, uh, Carrasco had not, ended the 2022 season all that well. He started the 2023 season 
not all that well, hit the IL for some time, and came back not doing so well. So it was very surprising to see Carrasco have such a... I mean, calling it dominant is probably overstating it, especially because of how there were a lot of men on base early in the game. But when you look at the the uh, you know the the box score of the game, maybe maybe dominant is the right word to use. You know, he went six and two thirds, gave up one run on five hits, walked two, struck out four. It's easily the best Carrasco start this season, and the best probably since. July or August of last season. So I'm not ready to anoint him the uh, the number three starter just yet, but it's got to feel, I mean, it feels good to me. I'm sure it feels good to you to see him just not, to see him thrive in a in a circumstance where he, have, he has not thrived in some time. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And he, he's a guy who has been very likable, uh, not only to us as fans, but you know, we hear about it among his teammates as well. Um, obviously, having uh, you know dealt with cancer and come back from that, and not just done that, but made his way back to the mound afterwards. It, there's just a lot about the guy to like. But coming into the start tonight, I felt like it was a David Peterson start, which is awful. Uh, a 23. David Peterson start to be clear, right? <laughs> but just that that mood of I don't know. They've already lost the first two games of the series, and and Carrasco has just been so uh, unreliable. But uh, really, a great job by him. Um, obviously, because of the injury, uh, he hasn't thrown that many innings, so this is not normally something you can even do in May. But he lowered his ERA by almost two full runs on the season with this start, which uh, look that they, they don't need him to do this every time out. And, and it is not realistic to expect that, but um, you know, just doing what he did last year was so valuable. Um, and, and that's, if they can get that out of him, that's really, uh, that's really great. Um, because you don't, when you know, I don't know if this team is going to get hot enough to win a hundred games again. Um, I don't want to rule it out. It is definitely possible, even if it doesn't seem incredibly likely. But you don't get to that point of ninety, ninety-five, a hundred wins uh, without some stability in the rotation. And he, he had his bad outings last year, but um, but yeah, overall, he he was he was good. So I I hope this is the first of you know a string of several starts where uh, maybe he's not lowering his ERA by two runs every single time out, but he, he lowers it a bit and just keeps kind of chipping away. And uh, if he does that, the Mets should win more of those games than they lose. And if he ends up as like a four or something ERA guy, that that's fine. Um, there's value in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I mean, I think, you know, since since Peterson came to mind a little bit this morning, um, I kind of took that for granted with him that, you know, that he was that kind of guy, uh, not like worst DRA in baseball. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. and, and look, if Carrasco was qualified coming into tonight, he, he probably would have been. 
Um, I mean, he had only thrown not even 19 innings, but among pitchers who had thrown that, he probably was in that spot. But you know, now we can at least say he's he's past Peterson in that metric, so that's good. Yeah. Congratulations, Carlos Carrasco. <laughs> You're not literally David Peterson. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We need to bid a, a fond farewell to a uh, a former now former Met, Gary Sanchez. Played a couple of games in the big league club. But now that Tomas Nito is back from the injured list, the Mets designated him for assignment. Or rather... Uh, yeah, DFA him, right? Yes. Is that the official application? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Does do we know what his contract says about demotion? I know he had to be brought up by a certain date, but can he opt out again now that he's back in the minors? Um, I don't, I don't know if that's in play at this point. I think he has enough service time that even if he clears waivers, he could refuse the right. uh, the assignment and. Be back on the uh, free agent market. I I spent more time than anyone should spend trying to figure out where he might land for some reason today. <laughs> and and I don't know. Um, a friend of mine mentioned that the the Blue Jays backup catcher I think is hurt. So or maybe even their starter. I'm not even uh, I'm not even sure. But I, even when you were if you sift through sort of the roster resource pages for um, last and next to last place teams throughout baseball, there's not an obvious place for him to end up. And the, the only reason that was, you know, on my mind was, Oh, maybe he clears and accepts the assignment back to Syracuse and just plays there and maybe gets another opportunity at some point with the Mets. But I think that's probably not likely um, for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know that a major league team will take the chance on him. And again, it, just like I did this afternoon, I'm questioning why I'm even thinking about this this much. 
Well, you know, I mean, I, I think you and I are similar in a way where we both like it when guys are given a chance to to succeed, even if somebody we're not necessarily big fans of or or, or been rooting for for years. I, I think it's fun to find value in those players. Uh, and so this and we've talked about this in the podcast before, you know, the Mets for a long time were not making these very small moves that don't cost anything really. Um, you know, so it, it it's it is not surprising to me that we're both interested in, in where this guy's gonna wind up. But I mean, Narvaez is supposed to start a rehab assignment, I think tomorrow, right? Um, I think he actually started it tonight in Brooklyn. Oh, did he start talking? It, it was going to be Thursday or Friday. I didn't realize it was tonight. Um, so yeah, I mean that you know that decision is coming down the pike pretty soon as to what's going to happen, and I just don't see Sanchez as being a part of that. Do you? No, I, without a whole bunch of injuries all, all happening at the same time, uh, as this sort of shakes out over the next week or two. With Narvaez coming back, I'd have to imagine Nito is going to be out too. Uh, we've talked a little bit over the last couple of weeks on, uh, on the topic of Alvarez potentially being optioned back to Syracuse, but it, he's just been too good. Like they, I know I was leaning towards thinking that they would not do that, uh, but he's only established more that he is the Mets starting catcher and uh, you know, the, the bat has been there. It's been there for a month now, even a little bit more than that. And you consistently have the pitchers saying that they love working with him, um, both on and off the record. It just, it, they, they cannot send him down. Uh, I think he's been a big part of, sort of the turnaround, which is funny to say for a team that started, what, 14 and 7? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but once once they got into that rough patch, and I know he was playing with the team for a lot of that, but um, you know, he's, he's hit very well. He's had some big home runs, um, and he's done a great job behind the plate. It's just one of those situations where it, regardless of who that guy is when you're, when you're playing that well, that can't be the person who you option. And I think for all the noise that was made about it over the last few days, uh, I really don't think it's a, a thing that could possibly happen now. So the only thing I could see, and even this is unlikely there, there, there's a better way. There's a better way to do this, but if they wanted to send him down for just 10 days, to give those guys a chance to be showcased to trade one of them and then call him back up. But I I, I, I still wouldn't do that. You can showcase Nito now if you want to. Right. Right? I mean, that's the why why send Alvarez down for that? Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and hey, look, my uh, potentially useless research on where Gary Sanchez might end up. Uh, <laughs> Could could come in handy in uh, the case that Nito joins him on that DFA, uh, you know, list. Yeah, where where is Tomas Nito ending up? This like with a major league team, and look, I know, you know, I know there's the possibility that 
he could see an opportunity that would be better than the one that's in front of him here with the Mets. But I'm not so sure that he automatically gets claimed. And I'm not so sure that he chooses a different organization. Um, does he even have the service time to, to decline? Nito is an interesting case where you could tell me he's been on the Mets for 10 years or three. And exactly. I'd believe either one. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to guess it's four years. Uh, this is his one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. Oh, my goodness. It's too late to do gear math in my head, so I counted. Granted, <laughs> he only had 10 plate appearances in, in 2017, so uh, I don't know. The that doesn't really count as a year. And in terms of service time, uh, fan graphs has them at four and change. So I don't believe that's enough to decline an assignment. If he clears waivers, if he's DFA, but, but yeah, dude's been around for, for quite a while. And it's a shame because I, I you know, so far the Narvaez uh, signing looks, I mean, people were, were wondering why it was happening to begin with, but with seeing how quickly Alvarez has taken to the major league game, it just looks really silly. And unfortunately, Nito's career as a Met might end because of a weird signing of someone else. Really not his fault at all. I think that the Nito Alvarez pitching uh, catching tandem would have been absolutely fine going into the season. That Nervaez money could have been used, I don't know, maybe on the bullpen. Right. Maybe on another bench bat. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a very, very strange move. But is there any um is there anything else you want to say about the catching situation? No, no, no. I don't think so. I mean, um it's now they're in a spot where it's like, okay, this is a good problem to have. If Alvarez had come up and struggled and you were thinking, oh, they have to send him back and we're waiting for Narvaez. Um, you know, we, we could be in a spot where it was Gary Sanchez and Michael Perez, like, yeah, as, as the the only catchers until Nito and Narvaez came back. So, uh, happy to have a roster crunch created by a 21 year old coming up and looking like he is absolutely fit for the part. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It's a wonderful situation to be in, in terms of uh, having these, having these options right now. And uh, you know, I try not to get too upset over fringe players going elsewhere, but uh, you know, it, it's it's a little. It, it, I do feel a little bad for Nito. I do. Yeah, I, I feel like he will. And I'm not rooting for this. We have nothing against him. We we generally have nothing against most players on the Mets, even if we're complaining about them. <laughs> yes. Uh, every once in a while, there's legitimate grounds for it. But uh, I feel like if he leaves, the best case scenario is sort of like the Ploiecki post-Mets uh, <laughs> yeah. career where it, it's similar to Nito. You get a, not even 200 plate appearances per year, but it, you're playing in that part-time role. You put up some good numbers and all that. And, and you know, in fairness to Ploiecki, he's – not necessarily done being a major league player. He's uh, a triple A in the Padres organization, apparently. But I feel like that's sort of what Nito would do, where 
if he had that freak brief uh, season or, or partial season where he hit really, really well, but then just returned to kind of being himself the rest of the way. And there's nothing wrong with that, that like, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be like the Justin Turner of catchers. <laughs> Fair point. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very well said. Um, all right. Anything else to talk about for this team before we get into our music picks? Um, no, I, I'll just defer to, I think, the SNY broadcast in this 10-1 win for the Mets tonight did a really good job discussing sort of the awkward state of the roster and the Vogelback, Canna, Fam, uh, thinking about if they were going to bring up Mauricio and who gets DFA'd and all that. So, you know, I think we can uh, touch on that a little bit more next week. And who knows, maybe something like that will happen between now and right, then. But, right. but yeah, I will just defer to... Uh, the recording of Gary and Keith talking about that topic because I, <laughs> I think it's one that we're all thinking about a lot, but I don't have a, 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 a sure thing answer to it. No, if I had, neither if do I, I. If I had to DFA one now, right now, it would be fam. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know that Vogelback necessarily deserves more benefit of the doubt than him. Uh, Mark Canna being, uh, sort of an outspoken guy who uh, is on the same page as me politically has me cutting him more slack than than I do for guys who aren't outspoken in, in favor of all that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But here we are. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, again, it, it, these things do work themselves out. Sometimes I am not rooting for anybody to get hurt, but it's possible somebody gets legitimately injured, and and then Mauricio just comes up. Yep. Um, the Mauricio fi- finding places for Mauricio to play is, is, is really going to be, uh, is going to be really, really tricky. Um, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, Chris, what is your music pick for the week? So I, uh, have meant to recommend an album by these guys for, for quite some time. But as the weather very gradually gets warmer, uh, doesn't feel like it's almost June based on average temperatures. But as it gets warmer, uh, I can't help but think of some of our friends. Uh, you know, since since we came upstate, um, they're they're great people. They make great music. We've seen them play so many times uh, over the last you know two and a half years now, and uh, mostly outdoors at breweries uh that sort of thing and and so i associate their music very much with warm weather um memorial day weekend was the first time we went to one of our favorite breweries after we you know got up to the area uh and they were playing when we showed up there we didn't we didn't know them at all we immediately like looked them up and made sure that we were able to uh listen to their stuff and know who they were and keep an eye out for when they were playing and uh yeah, so the the band's name is Uncle Shake. It's one word, and they've put out three records. Um, the most recent of which came out last year, but the uh, the one I'm going to recommend came out in 2019. Uh, it's called Skeleton Crew, and it's it's just it's got my favorite song of theirs on it. Uh, the song's called Rattle and Bones, 
and it's just so catchy. Um, on and on is is the song right before it on this record, and 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 that one I think those two are like some of my favorite songwriting of theirs. Um, but yeah, just really good stuff, and in an area where it's almost difficult to find bands that play original music and and not just covers out. Um, it's really nice to have, um, legitimately good songs written by great people, uh, and, and sets of like three hours, uh, with almost all originals. And then when they throw a cover in, it's like Dr. John or like, it's just, it's just damn good music, uh, deserves a, you know, a wide audience and, uh, I'm just very happy that we've gotten to know it and yeah, listen to the whole record start to finish. But if you listen to rattle and bones and tell me that it doesn't pop back into your head at some point down the road, I would consider you to be a liar. <laughs> Not to men's words there. <laughs> uh, well, I, I look forward to checking that out. So um, I have been playing in a uh, well, we're getting ready to play our first gigs, but uh, in a band with some friends and we're playing like specifically 90s alternative stuff. Our, our sort of uh, goal for this was to play stuff that came out from when we were like 12 to 17 or 12 to 18 somewhere in that ballpark. And so we've been going um, just through our, our collective libraries and sending out song suggestions. And a lot of times you'll hear a song like, oh, that would be fun, but then you realize it's not going to work. But it's the first time I heard the song in a while, right? And one of those songs was uh, The Distance by Cake. Now, Cake is a band from Sacramento, and um, they've had, let's call it like four or five sort of minor hits over the last, I guess, between like, let's see, what year did, what year did the record I'm talking about come out? Uh, 96. Let's say between like 96 and 2006, let's say, Cake had probably four to seven, uh, you know, minor singles. And I remember when I was in college uh, debating with a friend of mine what the best Cake album was. I liked the one from 96. He liked the one from 98. And he basically said, look, everyone just likes the Cake album from when they were 14. And uh, this came out exactly when I was 14. And so this is probably why I like this one. Uh, it's called Fashion Nugget. It does have that song, The Distance, which is the biggest hit. But it also has a lot of really interesting, has three really interesting covers on it. It has um, the cover of I Will Survive, which is overplayed in every configuration, but people tend to like that cover. Uh, there's a Willie Nelson cover, uh, Sad Songs and Waltzes, which is a great song. There's a cover of uh, an old Spanish language folk song called Perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps that is excellent also. There's also, a you know, Cake's a band that sometimes in, I think is considered a joke because some of their stuff is a little bit humorous, but I, I, I would say that their humor works pretty well here. There's a, the, the first song on the record is called Frank Sinatra, and it was used actually in an episode of The Sopranos many years ago. Um, but some of the songs that, are, that have a little bit of humor in them, I don't think it's like overwhelming, distracting humor. Um, and I'm something I'm a big ween fan, right? I, I, I can deal with humor and music. But the, uh, this cake record just it, it brings me back to being, you know, 14 years old. And uh, we're I my dad's friend on a record store and I would go and help out there on Saturdays. And I was paid in a CD every week. And uh, this was the first CD I got 
working at that record shop. So I will always remember that as well. Um, but yeah, uh, just some 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 fun nostalgia from me this week. Fashion Nugget by Cake. I uh, I had that. See, I probably still do have that CD. I think it was part of like Columbia House at the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but have fond memories of it. And I should also clarify, I am not shitting on Brian's uh, very cool uh, mix of, of cover and <laughs> music uh, in, in, in my recommendation from. Oh, upstate. no, I, I would I, I would <laughs> rather I would rather be in a band playing originals, but that's just it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Right. Uh, well, um, yes. Yes. Or the cake crumbles. In this yeah, case. There we go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, but upstate, it's it's either like 80s stuff or like Grateful Dead cover bands. And I love the Grateful Dead, but your below average Grateful Dead cover band is not fun to listen to. Agreed. <laughs> Having played in one of those, I agree. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we appreciate it. As always, go to homerunapplesauce.com or patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris McShane. I'm on Twitter at Brian. It's an app. And until next time, let's go Mets. <laughs>